Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm, and I'm really excited to talk to you guys today because there is a lot going on in so many different parts of the Colorado athletics world. Um, so much, so much, so much. Before we dig into everything, there's basketball, soccer, obviously football. There's wild things happening with football. Um, I want to tell you a bit more about Drift Car Sharing. Uh, like I said a few times, I'm headed back to Montana this weekend, which means I'm going to need to do something with my car. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop it off with the fine folks at Drift Car Sharing and let them rent it out and make some money while I'm gone instead of paying for parking at the airport. I fly out Wednesday, I come back Sunday. That's a lot of days that I could be either making money or paying for parking. And I'm really hoping that I uh, clean my car out well enough that I get to make some money. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. It's important. It's like a $50 swing, $40 swing each of those days. Um, it's really that simple. They'll insure my car. I'm not worried about it at all. And even if nobody rents it, I still get free parking and they'll clean it for me as well. It's a great deal. You guys should be checking this out too. And if you want more information, you can go to drivedrift.com. Okay. Um, actually, we can kind of expand on that point, which is that I am headed home this weekend. And I'm not going to lie, I am kind of heartbroken about it. Um, we are just hitting the best part of the Buffs athletic season. I think, honestly, I think that this is the best time to be a Buffs fan since I started covering this beat uh, in July. And I'm, I'm so, so upset that this is the weekend I chose to miss. You know, I, I figured it made sense because it's the Buffs bye week that I could take a few days and go up to Montana and see my family and do all that kind of stuff, especially because I wasn't sure if I was going to make it back for Christmas because a uh, potential bowl game and still potential bowl game. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it back for Christmas. I might be in El Paso or San Diego or one of those other warm places where they let teams host bowl games. I would much rather be there than with my family at Christmas. And, uh, not afraid to say it because the buffs that would mean the buffs win a couple more games puts them in a great spot um i don't even know where to start let's start with this weekend i guess because that's what i've been talking about your colorado buffaloes soccer team will be hosting northern colorado in boulder at prentup field at a date and time to be determined sometime between friday and sunday though in the first round of the college cup 
which is the uh, like NCAA soccer tournament. It's like March Madness for soccer, 64 teams, 31 automatic qualifiers, and 33 uh, qualifiers who are just at-large bids. That's a lot. And that means that there are a bunch of different ways the committee could go. And things looked pretty bad for Colorado. Uh, they were 43rd in RPI to end the season. They had fallen off a bit from their hot start. You remember how hyped we were a couple months ago when they started, what, something like 9 0 1, 9 1, something, something right around there, something absurd, ridiculous. Hopefully, you guys remember uh, Taylor Korniak and JJ Tompkins who came on the podcast. And if you guys haven't listened to that show, uh, you should definitely go back and listen because those are two awesome girls who are doing some awesome things. It turns out I'm supposed to say women. Um, that's like one of those things. So I, sh- I should go back. They're two awesome women. I'm trying to think like what I call the football players boys as the equivalent. Honestly, I think I might. Doesn't matter. Let's just make sure. Uh, j- check that out. They are so cool. They are uh, incredible soccer players and they have a game this weekend that is massive. Uh, the bracket doesn't line up perfectly well going forward. Um, they would play North Carolina in the second round. Uh, very good soccer team, in case you hadn't heard. Um, very, very good soccer team. But you never you never know. They got to get hot. They have one of the best keepers in the entire tournament in J.J. Tompkins. They have one of the best scorers in the entire tournament in Taylor Korniak. When you have that combination, anything can happen. Anything at all. Um, but they lost to Utah last week, uh, last weekend. They've lost some other games. Uh, I'm not sure what their record down the stretch was, but I think they finished at 11, seven and one, maybe after starting something like, let's, let's call it eight and one. So it kind of shows how tough that PAC 12 competition can be. Still did enough to make it in. Still did enough to be 43rd in RPI, pick up one of those 33 at large bids, uh, they went through the whole bracket, you know, the, the way selection shows do. I, I, I cheated. I cheated because I guess they don't do it live. They just post it on NCAA.com. So I just skipped ahead and saw Colorado and uh, tweeted it before anybody else because that's that's my job. And it's a, it's a weird job, but it's better than doing real work because I honestly don't think I'd be capable. Okay. Uh, but the way it works is they go through, you know, here's the top left, here's the bottom left, here's the top right, all the way through. You guys have seen selection shows, and they just name the teams. You're in, you're in, you're in. 15 minutes in, uh, I think maybe right at the 15-minute mark, they've named 60 of the 64 teams that are qualifying. The Buffs know they're on the bubble. They missed out last year uh, and came into it in a similar position where people thought they were going to make it in, Um Again, it's tough to tell with women's soccer, though. You know, I I think there are two women's soccer analysts out there, and I don't mean that as like a joke because I like, yeah, there are two. I mean, I mean like legit, there are two, and you read the things that they write and they do their bracketology, they do all that kind of stuff. You're like, wow, Colorado, one of the last five in. We'll take their word for it and do all the research, like comparing them. They're right next to Notre Dame and Iowa and these schools, and go back and you're like, okay, well, Notre Dame has lower RPI. Iowa has higher RPI, really does look like they are right on the edge of making this tournament. Get through 60 to 64, go through 15 minutes of that show, and then they get named. Uh, You can definitely find the video on Twitter of the soccer team finding out that they were named at the tournament. Pretty cool. And then figuring out they're hosting. 
uh, because of the way that the hosting works in the tournament um, for a bunch of different reasons. So 31 automatic qualifiers, that means 31 conference champions. Um, not all conferences have a champion like the Pac-12 does in Stanford. Um, some of those little conferences, I mean, the Big Sky Conference, where I'm headed back to watch a crazy great football game on Saturday, um, they also get somebody in, and that's Northern Colorado, who is going to be hosted by uh, by Colorado because Colorado is the better soccer team. They just play in a tougher conference. Uh, so that means that, you know, sure, it looks like if you don't make it in, you shouldn't host, or for when you're one of those last teams in, you shouldn't host, but that's not exactly how it all works out. Um, so exciting. So exciting for them. So exciting because they're just so much fun to watch. I mean, it's just crazy when you have somebody like Taylor Korniak on the field, one of the five best, one of the five best soccer players in the country, um, captain of the U18 U.S. women's national team at one point, has played on all the national teams. Up next is going to be the U23 squad, and she's probably going to get the call-up this spring based on my research because I honestly am just getting into this women's soccer thing, and it's pretty cool. Tough to find information, though. Uh, sounds like she's going to be getting that call up this spring. Likely, she's a favorite too, at the very least. And then uh, she probably won't be on the women's national team for the Olympics next summer. But by the time the next World Cup r r comes around four years from now, there's a very good chance that Taylor Korniak is on that team representing the United States, which is awesome. Um, and when you have her on the field and you can just lob a ball up to her and she can get her head on anything, that's just a goal at any moment. Anytime they just the buffs decide they just want to send one deep, she can go make a play on that. Anytime like they can just get a look at goal, which is something that most soccer teams don't have and it really keeps you on the edge of your seat. The uh, the question mark for the buffs is is there any secondary scoring? Is there anybody who is going to help her in this tournament um with a couple more goals because expecting her to get enough goals to facilitate enough offense to to actually make a run at you know something big you know a couple wins a few wins that's that's tough that's really tough you know they're lucky that they do have JJ Tompkins in goal and it's this incredible incredible pairing where you know they if if you have a chance to score at any moment you have probably the best player on the field in most of the games you'll play, as well as a solid goalkeeper who has kept them in games, won them games, all-time saves leader, I think all definitely all-time wins leader, um, believe all-time, definitely all-time shutouts leader too. I mean, whatever goalie stat you want to use, J.J. Tompkins is the best keeper that's ever come through this school. Um, and then Taylor Korniak is the best soccer player to ever come through this school. Sure, there's a lot of young players around them. Rue Yarnell-Williams was spectacular early on as a freshman, then got hurt, missed most of the season, came back last weekend, looked a little rusty. But having her back as a striker, you know, there's a little more pop. Tessa Barton, uh, if you guys have been following along for a while, you know, Tatum Barton, her big sister, uh, Tessa's put some goals in too. Again, a freshman, again, a, a, fresh, a freshman who's playing striker up top. You're gonna need some production out of your younger players. They they do have a more experienced back line, some seniors back there. They can stop anybody from scoring. That's not a doubt, and that's what really 
gets me hyped about this soccer team, and it, it has gotten me hyped about the soccer team all season. You know, they can they can keep anybody to zero. They can easily, maybe not easily, let's not say easily, keep anybody to one goal. You know, you, you go back and watch that Stanford game when they played in Boulder three weeks ago, I want to say, two, three weeks ago. They looked good. Stanford dominated possession because that's what they're going to do. They have the best player in the country. They have the, the best team in the country. And, you know, the the best player, what's her name? Uh, she's she's from Brazil. She's won the last two, uh, I can't remember what the award's called, but it's essentially the Heisman for women's soccer. She's won the last two of those. Uh, the, the buff soccer coach, Danny Sanchez, says she should have won the year before that too. She'll probably win again this year. She's an incredible incredible athlete and the buffs only gave up one goal in the first half and that was because jj got called for a kind of kind of iffy penalty kick hit a girl in the box when she was coming out of goal and you know it was 1-0 at half stanford dominated possession but didn't get all that many great looks it wasn't until colorado had to press because they were down they were sending everybody upfield um, and kind of overextending because that's what it takes to score on a good team like Stanford that that Stanford was able to open things up. They end up winning 4-0, but it's because they just had to give Stanford so much space. This soccer team can keep anybody to zero. Taylor Korniak can score at any point in any game. And, you know, there's some young, talented players. There's some speedy young players next to her who might be able to help out just a little bit more in this tournament. Get hyped because this is the type of team that I really do believe can surprise people in soccer at, at, at all levels. When you have a strong defense, anything can happen. And when you have the best player on the field, anything can happen. That sums it up. We can move on. But I'll let you guys know when the game is. I am so upset that I don't get to go to this game. After going to like, I, I think I, I missed like two home games this season. I was out there for the rest. Again, they're just so much fun to watch. The environment at those games is pretty special. I can only imagine what it's going to be like for a tournament game against an in-state rival coming down from Greeley. That place is going to be packed. Packed. And I will be at home in Montana watching through my Sling account. So, there you go. Uh we're so lucky to have two incredible athletes. You know, you, you'll remember back-to-back weeks a couple weeks ago, uh, Buffs home games, Taylor and JJ were honored because of all of their contributions to Buff soccer. Again, best goalie, best all-around player in school history. Have a real chance to make some noise. I hope you guys are as hyped about this as I am. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, you know what? Let's uh, Let's... Let's cut off the soccer talk. Obviously, so much to get to. In case you hadn't heard, the uh, Buffs basketball team is in the top 25. Ah, I love it. I love it. 25th. 25th. Um, not, not up there. But that's what we're getting to next. And then eventually we are going to get into the crazy recruiting stuff that has been happening. And there's just so much we need to talk about. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you about my favorite beer, the Strawberry Sky. And, you know, I've told you all about the Strawberry Sky. It's Kolsch Ale. If you guys listen to the Broncos podcast, you know that this summer, before I was official, before we let everybody know that I was going to be a Buffs guy, uh, 
I could not remember the word Kolsch to save my life. And Ryan would make fun of me, and Ryan would ask me if if what kind of beer it was, and I couldn't remember. And it was a fun little bit that we had when I was subbing on the Broncos podcast, getting warmed up to have my own. And uh, things have changed. I know all about Kolsch ales now. Um, I know that you brew them a very specific way, in a way that like you you kind of brew it one way a little bit and then switch to another, and somehow it makes really good beer. Uh, and that's exactly what happened with the Strawberry Sky. You know, they took a strawberry puree, mixed it in with beer somehow, and then did science to make it so that the strawberry flavor would die at the same time as the beer taste. And so it's just this little hint of strawberry that you don't even realize is there. And you just know that you like the beer. And I feel like that's how all good things could be. Like, like if I'm eating a piece of chocolate cake and I eat that, I'm like, uh that's that's a good piece of chocolate cake. Sure, that's great. Um, but it's even better if there aren't words for it. If you don't know that it's like a chocolate cake that you're eating, you just eat it and you're like, wow, I've never had something this incredible. And then you think about it, and I'm I'm really hungry. Um, and and then you're like, oh, I guess I can't kind of taste like that is chocolate cake. That isn't just like a little slice of heaven. Um, and that's what strawberry sky is. You just drink it. And for somebody like me who, you know, I, I like beer, I drink beer now, but in college it was an adjustment. I wasn't somebody who just picked up a beer and was like, oh, wow, this is good. Give me another. I, I'd like throw a little fit. I'd make faces. Um, and, you know, beer is a, a, a flavor that you have to adjust to. If somebody had given me a strawberry sky at that point, I don't think that that would have happened. Little freshman Henry would have been just fine pounding strawberry skies in the corner of a house party. Because that's the kind of beer this is. And if you're somebody who does respect a, a nice Kolsch ale, or if you respect strawberries, then this is just the beer for you. Um, I'm really excited to go back up to Montana, see if I can find some Strawberry Sky up there. Because all of my friends need to taste what this is. Because it's just incredible. And if they have me drinking Bud Light or Coors... I'm not sure if I should be... Uh, you know what? We're going to name names. Miller Light, uh, Natty Light, uh, any of those other beers that I had, that I was able to stop drinking when I moved away from Montana and stopped going to school in Montana, I might lose my mind. Uh, so Strawberry Sky, get that, drink that, and I'm going to be using the beer locator to figure out whether I can share that with my friends in Montana when I go back home. I would also like to tell you about the Denver Rubber Company. I know you guys all know that I'm not a Colorado native, and that makes people around here a little bit upset that I am here. I don't think me particularly, because I, th I think the easiest way to adapt to a culture is to buy into the sports, and if you guys couldn't tell with that whole buff soccer thing, I am 100% bought into these buffs, and of course the Broncos, and Nikola Jokic and Nathan McKinnon and all those all those other guys across Denver sports that I love. So I've kind of like adapted. But one of the things that I've noticed is that not only do you guys hate people who aren't from here, you love the things that are from here, like Breckenridge Brewery, but also Denver Rubber Company. Uh, if you guys need rubber, go to Denver Rubber Company. They're incredible. They're local. They've been here since 1972. It's the highest quality of products. They have custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, uh, custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. Guess what? 
snow is coming. And depending on when you're listening to this, snow is here. I know it's here now, but one of the things that I've picked up on now that I've seen fall and winter in Colorado is that what happens is it snows because and there's snow now, but then that means tomorrow it will be 60 degrees and all the snow will be gone. So the way that it does this whole like even day, odd day thing, I would guess that if I'm recording this, if you listen to it on Monday when I'm posting it, you'll have snow. On Tuesday, there'll be no snow. Uh, that's my expert opinion. Um, back to the point though, the reason I bring up snow is that you can get snow plows from Denver Rubber Company. Like if you have a truck, if you have a car, I'm not really sure how big a car has to be to mount a, a uh, plow on it, but the way that it uses the rubber, it like makes it smooth against the ground and everybody says they work well. Uh, you should definitely check them out. You, you like cut them to fit the exact size that you need. It's awesome stuff. We had a couple of our guys go out there. I think RK might have gone out there. I, th- I think AJ Hayfley from the the Avalanche beat went out there. I'm actually doing the draft pod with him, talking college football on Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, he's joining Andre Simone and I. That'll be a blast. A little tangent there. But um, they said that it was incredible. They said it was massive. They said they couldn't believe all of the things that they were able to make they checked out all the different materials that they use um they like the stuff that they use in bulletproof vests like awesome stuff so many products you should definitely go check it out they're family owned they're loyal to us as denverites uh that's why us at dnvr all of us really support them um call them today and They'll hook you up with a snowplow, gaskets, hoses, whatever. 1-800-259-0010. Or you can visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. And then they will know that I sent you, which uh, which is cool for me. Makes me look useful. Um, so not going to lie, during that read, my uh, mic stopped working. Uh, my computer was just like overloaded because I use all the different Adobe programs at the same time and then also have like 30 tabs open on Safari and then I watch Pac-12 Network on Google Chrome and all that stuff kind of like bogs down my computer. Eventually it was just like, no, stop. During that break, uh, Silverbuff tweeted at me something like, oh, it's going to be fun uh, being out there for the soccer game, something like that. Soccer game will be fun. And kind of set me off again to be honest i am so upset that i am going to be missing this game obviously like i get to watch it i want to be there i want to be there so bad i'm so jealous if any of you want to like facetime me in so that i can feel like i'm there and then like i can watch a real feed on my tv at home in montana as well then that would actually work perfectly for me and I think it could kind of be a blast. Maybe we could like do interviews after. Like I could just have you carry me across the field, FaceTimed in, and we could talk to all like five of the buffs who scored. And then we could talk to JJ who had like the shutout too. And it could really be a blast. I don't know. Just kind of brainstorming. We're going to workshop that throughout the week. Um, yeah, I like it. I think we're off to a good start. Seriously though. I am so hyped. Like, I know that you guys are, like, super hyped about the basketball team, and that's something that I have noticed and something that I haven't totally gotten into yet, probably because it's still early in the season and I'm still, like, getting into it. And like I said, I'm I'm getting there. I'm a lot more hyped than I was a, a couple weeks ago. Just 
takes a while for that relationship to to build, you know? And and when I was able to get up there to that first soccer game, see them in person in a real meaningful game, uh, I was like, oh, wow, this is real. And then I came back. And then I came back again, and they're playing all these good teams. And all of a sudden, I was fully bought in to this whole, whole thing that was happening with Buff soccer. And I'm going to get there with basketball, too. I just can't believe I'm missing this moment. Like, I, I almost feel like if if I were living in Montana and still, like, was following the soccer team the way that I have been, I would probably, like, get a plane ticket, come down from Montana to Boulder to watch that game and go back. But the opposite. The the opposite is what's happening. Um, yeah, I definitely need one of you to FaceTime me in. Oh, we could get, like, a group FaceTime going? Um where I could get like four of you and I could switch between your screens based upon where the play is. So I could just like have you guys spread out across the bleachers, maybe get one of you behind the goal. I don't know. Again, workshopping, brainstorming. Any ideas? Throw them at me in the comments. Um, moving along though, because uh, although it is the bye week, there are a bunch of other very, very important things to... Uh, to um, Say I got tweeted at. I'm sorry I got tweeted at. That's my bad. Phone flipping over. Totally 100% focused because I don't like to edit these after. It makes it feel not le- legit, not real, natural. Um, and one of those things that we're going to talk about, though, is this Buffs basketball team. Uh, we we kind of dug in. I gave half analysis. I was super tired that night. And somehow that podcast didn't get posted till this morning. So you're going to get doubled up on with podcasts on this Monday. Luckily, there's a lot of fun things happening, Um, including that today, this morning, your Colorado Buffaloes basketball team was ranked 25th in the entire country. Um, That's uh, pretty good. That's very, very good, actually, especially this early in the season. Coming off that one win against Arizona State, they move up two or three spots to get into the top 25, ahead of a matchup against San Diego at home on Saturday, famously one of the days that I will be in Montana. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I should just have my family and friends visit me down here. Um, the, the point is you guys better be at that basketball game because it's going to be so much fun again. Uh, San Diego tournament team. Actually, they've beaten the Buffs the last couple times they've played. This is this is a, a tough game, and I think just because San Diego doesn't really have the name recognition uh, that some of the bigger schools do, some of like you know the basketball schools do, or or even just being tied in with a bigger school can help. You know, I don't know if Illinois is good at basketball. I'm gonna learn though. I'm gonna learn. I'm digging in this whole college basketball thing. We're learning. Um, but Illinois sounds like it would be better at basketball than San Diego because it's a big school compared to a small school. San Diego, though, a good basketball team. And there are a lot of those on this buff schedule, um, especially early on. This non-conference schedule is difficult. It's going to challenge Colorado, and it really does line up well for the buffs. For this to be a year to have a very difficult non-conference schedule, like I don't know the numbers, but I think it's right around 75% of the teams they play in non-conference play were in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, the, the group, of course, is led by Kansas, which fell to fifth in the rankings, I want to say today. 
Uh, big game. I'll be there uh, December 7th. Hopefully, I'll see you guys there. Less than a month away. Never been to Kansas before. If you guys have any good Kansas recommendations, hit me up with those. I doubt any exist. Um, yeah, but the fact that all of these tough, tough non-conference matchups are coming in this season when the Buffs have their entire team back. They're filtering in a couple guys, um, you know, Dallas Walton. We'll see what his role looks like going forward. I thought that he would be used more, uh, when was that? That was Friday night uh, in China against the Arizona State Sun Devils. But uh, he wasn't. He wasn't. And I don't necessarily think he looked bad. He was rusty. He was rusty. Um, But he's another option that they have in this rotation that was thin. I was looking through some box scores from last year, and like they were going 7-8 deep, which is just weird. It's so weird, and that's not a problem they should have, but figuring out how to fit all of these pieces together, that might take time. How much do you play your top guys versus your bench guys? How deep do you go? Do you go 9 deep? Do you go 12 deep? I would guess it's going to fall right around 10. Um, but but again, these problems, I do want to shout out Maddox Daniels. That's actually why I started talking. I was going to transition, but Maddox Daniels, He's going to be a player for Colorado um, going forward uh, two years here, right? Yeah, two years here. And I think he's their best shooter. I really do think that he is their best shooting threat at the moment. And that's that's massive. He's going to see minutes. But whose minutes does he take? How does he fit in there? Um, that's That's what the Buffs are working on. That's what the Buffs need to figure out. And there are other things to work on. Obviously, the passing was a little sloppy. The turnovers were sloppy. It's not like they played a perfect basketball game, but they did enough to win. And at moments, there there were perfect basketball moments. There were points when you're like, oh, wow, this this team really does have it. Look at what they're doing to a, a good Arizona State team. Not a, not a team that Colorado should be competitive with by any means, but a good basketball team. A team that, especially during the season, can challenge them. While there is this little uh, while there are things to to work out to iron out before you get into the serious play most teams in the country have a lot more things that they need to iron out most teams aren't bringing back their top eight top nine guys and then adding a couple on you know it's it's not that big of a deal because you can work them in just like they slowly worked in Maddox Daniels just like Dallas Walton slowly worked in. It's not like you're throwing them out there for 20 minutes and having everybody try to adjust, trying to make it work. N- no, that that's that's not how you do it if you're in the buff situation. However, uh, other teams, you know, teams that rely on the freshmen, uh, teams that are those big recruiting schools, those one-and-done schools, you pull guys in, you throw them together, and day one, they need to start clicking to start winning. Um uh, it's it's not quite as smooth of a process. And the fact that the Buffs have this smooth process that they're working their way through throughout conference play means that I think that they will win quite a few of these non-conference games. I think that they're prepared for a challenging non-conference schedule where other schools might not be. Um, you, th- you think of, I don't know, Nico Gagnon, uh, a, a Great prospect, a guy who I think is going to be incredible in the Pac-12, probably even this year. But you know, Nico Mannion, he he goes to Arizona, and he's supposed to be the guy. That's tough for an 18-year-old. 
that's tough. And it might take some time before everybody fits together. And we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, didn't didn't stop him from uh, beating Illinois. Crazy that that's the team they played after the reference I pulled earlier. Um, and actually look good. But again, there are teams that have a lot of turnover, and those are the teams that struggle early in the season. The teams like the Buffs that are largely the same have a couple little things that they're tweaking, and they can even tweak sl- slowly. That means that those teams should be able to win, and that means that they should try to get some tough non-conference opponents because those are games they can win. Uh, do want to mention, by the way, that after kind of the fall of the Pac-12 of uh, basketball over the last few years, kind of getting laughed at in the same way that the football programs at Pac-12 schools have been laughed at, uh, things are turning around. Right now, the Pac-12 is 18-1 and so far this season. 18 wins, one loss. Uh, that's a That's a great record. It's even better when you realize that there's been a Pac-12 versus Pac-12 game. Colorado played Arizona State, which means one of those teams had to lose. That is the one loss for the Pac-12 this season. Again, it's still early. There's a lot of basketball games to be played. Great start. Incredible start. And this is what we were talking about with the football programs in the Pac-12. The way that if they start early, they start winning. Oh, my God. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, I can't search Twitter fast enough. Did this just happen? I just got the notification. Ashad Clayton is coming to Colorado. Ashad Clayton just committed to Colorado. Oh, and he put music on his announcement video. Thank God I turned on his, uh, oh, his, uh, Twitter notifications. Oh, this is incredible. Oh, I should retweet this real quick. Oh, are we transferred? I, I can't talk about anything else right now. I just can't do it. Ashad Clayton is coming to Colorado, the fourth-ranked running back in the entire country. Oh, Mel Tucker did it. Oh, I have so many great tweets I want to send out right now, but we're going to hold off. We're going to workshop those in the back of my brain while we talk about how huge Ashad Clayton is for Colorado. Oh, boy. I don't even know where to dig in. Fourth best running back in the country. Four-star. Immediately the number one recruit in the Buffs 2020 recruiting class. Um, He was in Boulder this weekend. I finally got to meet him. I was actually uh, talking to him last night just a little bit. Uh, He DM'd me asking for pictures. And, you know, I should probably keep some of this. You know, and we got to talk just a little bit in my DMs. And he said... uh, or I said, you know, kind of take it as a positive sign that you're looking for pictures, and uh, he sent me, yeah, with a laughing emoji. Oh, here he comes! Here he comes! Uh, what does this mean for the Buffs running backs going forward? Alex Fontenot has looked incredible. I think that he will continue to next year. Jaron Mangum, Dion Smith, these are all guys that I like. Of course, Ashad Clayton is. Uh, I mean, he's the best prospect out of any of them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This probably isn't great podcasting. Hopefully, you guys are as hyped about this as I am because, the, again, cannot, cannot believe it. This this recruiting class is exactly what Colorado needed. 
I looking back, there there are a couple other guys who are looking like it's going who they are going to sign this year. It would make it the third best recruiting class in the last ten years. Um, you know, one of those was anchored by Jake Moretti, the tackle who didn't pan out because of injuries. Feel for the guy. That class was not that good. Uh, those class ratings also don't include Antonio Alfano, who Mel pulled in from Alabama. Um, Ashad was just poached from LSU. Everybody had him going to LSU. Uh, on the day that LSU beat Bama, Mel Tucker convinced one of the best running backs in the entire country to pick his program over Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers. That's the day that did it. He was at Stanford. He was at that Stanford game, not at that Bama LSU game. Oh my goodness. What a what a win. What a win. You know, I I I always hated covering recruiting because it's so tough to get into because there's so many prospects. They're offering guys left, right, left, right. You got to learn about them. You got to call them. You got to do all these different things so that you kind of know what's going on. There's no way to really half follow recruiting. I love covering recruiting when Mel Tucker is the recruiter. These wins are just massive. The hype on Twitter over the last couple of days has been incredible. You have guys like Carson Lee. You have Shane Lee, Carson's dad, tweeting, ooh, this is going to be a big one. Just tweeting the eyes emoji. Uh, getting getting in guys' mentions. Same thing happening with Brendan Rice. He's all over everything. Same thing happening with Keith Miller. You know, you have you have the recruiting coordinators, the recruiting staff, you know, Megan Mueller just tweeting out, uh, uh, this is what it was, this is what it was. Two, three hours ago, she tweeted out a GIF. It was of Birdman. Uh, if you guys don't know Birdman, I'm not talking about the former Nugget Center. I'm talking about the rapper who discovered Lil Wayne uh, down in Louisiana. New Orleans, Louisiana. That's where Birdman was based. It's a big hype. There's like fire behind him. They're like, oh boy, something big's happening. And and it's Birdman. Famously from Louisiana. Same place as a shot, Clayton. There were signs pointing this way, and guess what? It happened. It happened. It uh it happened. Uh, oh boy, so many more guys coming in today. I bet there's more, and I was going to wait until after all of this kind of came through to record the podcast, but I got too hyped after watching the soccer announcement video, and <sighs> what a time to be a Buffs fan. Has there been a better time to be a Buffs fan since the rise? I doubt it. This soccer team, incredible. This basketball team, 25th in the country. Mel Tucker, I can't put a number on what number Mel Tucker is in terms of head coach rankings in the like NCAA football, but he's up there. He's way up there, and his recruiting chops are finally pulling through. Watching the national writers today, the national college football writers say, "Hey, there might be something. Uh, there might be some." I, I, there was the twenty four seven sports guy. We can get specific here. Who said, uh, "Um, the the Buffs might be getting hot." You're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, they are. Listening into these conversations, going out there talking with the recruits on Saturday was just incredible. They're also hyped. 85 of them on that sideline, just packed. And you're weaving through, guys are smiling. They're tall recruits and short recruits and 
wide recruits and skinny recruits and all of them must be incredible athletes otherwise they wouldn't be out there and you just see them all together and you're like wow you take you take that six foot seven uh what's his name uh jason harris from uh higley high school in arizona i want to say you that's massive he's a six foot seven defensive end only like 220 pounds or something, but who who cares? You can put weight on a guy. You know what you can't do? Pull a .924 recruit, a four-star recruit, the 11th best weak side defensive end in the country if you're Colorado, unless you are Mel Tucker. This has been incredible, and he hasn't committed yet. I'm not like breaking news there, but there's a lot of hype building in that direction so much and he was out there and he's standing next to Brendan Rice and he's making Brendan Rice look like a munchkin and Brendan Rice big dude a lot bigger than me I can tell you that for sure and I am I think like technically a grown man so there you go this is so exciting this is so 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 exciting this is what the buffs needed what happens if you lose in the Nebraska game you don't sign Antonio Alfano you don't beat Stanford I don't know. I think you could say safely, no Brendan Rice, no Ashad Clayton, obviously no Alfano. Jason Harris probably doesn't care. Maybe Ashad Clayton doesn't even take the visit. Maybe Jason Harris doesn't take the visit. Who knows? But this has been just an incredible string. He's won the games he needed to win. Would a win over Oregon have done something? I'm sure. I'm sure something changes. Maybe you pull one more guy in. I don't know. But when all the recruits were on the sideline, the real high-pressure games this, this season, these are the games that matter when you're a team that's going to win somewhere between four and seven football games. You know what? Sure, maybe they don't make a bowl game this year, but they played two bowl games, and they won both. They beat Nebraska with dozens of recruits on the sideline. Then they beat Stanford with 85 recruits on the sideline, and it's already paying off, and it's going to keep paying off over the rest of the week. And Boulder is... How can you not sell somebody on Boulder? Why am I going back to Montana this week? I don't know. I don't know. I thought it seemed so smart. It's like, oh, bye week, I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Um. What a time. What a time to be a Buffs fan. What a time to... <sighs> You know, I'm just thinking back through all the things that happened. Darian Hagen tweeting out gifts. You're like, oh, Darian Hagen specifically tweeting the eyes emoji or whatever it is he did. There must be something coming on in the running back's room. It has to be Ashad Clayton, you know, Ashad telling me the things he's told me. Uh, It happened. It happened. We're two for two. I want to say that. That's where we're going next. Uh, It was going to be going to break. We are not doing that. I have too much more to say. Remember when we were following Brendan Rice? I was like, oh, wow, it sounds like Brendan Rice. You know, he, he might actually be interested. He's coming out here. We'll see what happens. And then all those things happen, and then Brendan Rice commits to come to the University of Colorado. That was the first win for our podcast. We picked a guy. We followed him. He came. And then, who do we pick up on next? Ashad Clayton. I wish, you know what, I can actually tag these explicit. I could make this an explicit podcast. You know what, 42 minutes in, probably not the time to do it. Um, Wish I had, though. Wish I'd been swearing, because I am hyped about everything that is happening. Uh, Just chugged a coffee before this, too. So I I should clarify, I am on the podcasting version of PEDs. 
I still think all of this is real. This doesn't feel, I'm not jittery enough for this to be coming from the coffee. This is just real awesome stuff happening with the Colorado Buffaloes, which is a sentence that's so much fun to say. And for those of you who have followed this team longer than I have, it must be even better. Um, Ashad Clayton, Ashad Clayton, digging back in. We, we identified him as a prospect who should come to the University of Colorado because we would really like him and because he is really good at football. All of a sudden, the best recruit of the class, by the way. We followed him. We kept notes. We said where he was going. We said he was going to be here. I said the name of Shaw Clayton in every show for weeks. And we made this happen. I'm putting this one on us. We are two for two. Brendan Rice, Ashad Clayton coming to Boulder because of us and the community at the DNVR Buffs podcast. Um, get hyped. Let's let's find another name to follow. Should we just should we just buy in with Jason Harris next? I think that that's probably the move. Um, his mom's saying nice things about Boulder. I can tell you that. Um, I think his mom actually followed me on Twitter yesterday. Re- no, she retweeted something. She retweeted something. That's what it was that I said about Jason Harris coming here. And, oh, I tweeted after he had tweeted something like the eyes emoji when Brendan Rice was saying he should be here or something like that. And I said like, oh, six foot seven. Uh, whatever defensive end, four-star, four-star basketball recruit as well, signed me up, and I think she retweeted that, and I think she followed me immediately after. So she signed up. Who can say no to their mom? Hopefully not Jason Harris. Seems like a lovely kid based on his social media, so I bet he does what his mom wants and comes to Colorado. This is going off the rails. We need we needed a good off-the-rails podcast. We were a little low-energy. Um Let's let's uh, take a quick break. I'm going to let Ryan tell you about the Blake Street Tavern, and then I will be right back with my thoughts, maybe collected. We'll see. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, It's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, They've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Okay, I'm back. I took a drink of water. I put the coffee out of reach. And we are going to try to be rational here and talk about real sports and not just how excited I am about everything in Boulder and how disappointed I am in myself for going home to Montana this weekend. Um, and that is, we are going to say, uh, what, what does this mean for 2020? What does a shod Clayton mean for Colorado in 2020? I think it means a lot. I think that this is going to be huge. I think he's going to have an immediate impact. You know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's your day one starter. You know, I like Alex Fontenot. If if you don't like Alex Fontenot, you don't like the way he runs, I don't know what to tell you. He is a Pac-12 running back. Ashad Clayton is on the NFL running back path. 
you know, he's he's a guy who uh, he's a guy who should be competing for Pac-12 All First Team honors by the time he leaves. That's the caliber of athlete he is. We'll see if that actually happens. You know, sometimes guys don't pan out. And is this where we want to take this? You know what? A couple of the Buffs' top recruits have been running backs. Bo Bisharat, five-star? I can't remember. I think maybe a five-star. No, he was a high four-star, I think. But, uh, you know, he hasn't quite lived up to the hype. He was a top recruit. He was the number one recruit in the Buffs' class. Go back to Daryl Scott. There, there have been a couple of the guys, some of the top recruits ever for Colorado, have been at running back and largely haven't had success in Boulder. So there's that, and we'll throw that caveat out there, get this out of the way, but Ashad Clayton is extremely talented. He's going to be the most talented back on the team the day he steps on campus. Um, you know, he's you, you see what Jaron Mangum this, did this year as a true freshman, as, again, one of the top recruits in last year's recruiting class. Uh, you look at the rating though, and it isn't what what Ashad Clayton's reputation is. So if Jaron Mangum is splitting time as a freshman, Ashad Clayton should be doing more than that. Um, here we go. Jaron Mangum, point eight eight five eight recruit, three star, twenty uh, sixth ranked athlete in the country. Uh, Ashad Clayton, on the other hand, 0. .9380. So there is a bit of a leap. Um, they now have him as the 13th best running back. Um, who knows why he dropped. I doubt it was production. Um, there you go. That's a, There's a gap right there. Uh, four star. He could be the guy day one. I think the most interesting part of the equation is that Jaron Mangum and Alex Fontenot have different running styles. Jaron Mangum, big guy. He has good straight line speed. He he can get away. He can make those big runs. But he's he's primarily used like straight line, north-south. Not a guy who's going to be wiggling past opponents. Alex Fontenot, on the other hand, has that wiggle. He's making guys miss. He's taking hits and bouncing off them, keeping his balance. I think more than anything, I call him like a balance-based runner. It's not his top-end speed. You know, he, he definitely has good wiggle. That isn't what makes him. Um, he has good vision. I think that that's closer to what makes him. But but what really separates him from other running backs, his elite trait is that he can bounce off of tacklers. We first saw it against Colorado State when nobody could bring him down. He had a couple of touchdowns where he should have, I think one of them, he probably should have wound up 15 yards short of the end zone. I didn't know if that was going to translate. I thought that maybe that was because Colorado State just isn't of the same caliber as the Colorado Buffaloes. Turns out Alex Fontenot did translate into Pac-12 play. We've seen it. I mean, we saw it again last week against UCLA. He's bouncing off of guys. Uh, or that's, Is that what I want to say? That is not what I wanted to say. We saw it last week against uh, that game I just watched, which was Stanford. There we go. Uh, bouncing off 
make getting yards after contact. That first drive was just beautiful. 34 yards on four carries, I believe. Just unstoppable. That was the one where the long was 11 yards. The average was eight and a half. He was just consistently doing his thing. Um, Jaron Mangum, when he came in, you know, didn't didn't look bad, but he was a different style of runner. He put his pads down. He hit guys. He was violent. And he does have that straight line speed, less of that agility, that quickness. Um, That's what Ashad Clayton can bring. He's also an extremely violent runner. If you go back and look at how he finishes runs in high school, he wants to put guys on the ground. He also has the wiggle to get by guys. He has the top end speed as well. Um, You know, 24-7 sports, 247 sports, I'm not sure what their name is still. But he, uh, their their grade on him right now is around four to seven draft pick. That means he's going to be pretty good in college. Uh, right now needs to pack on size. Obviously, he's only two hundred pounds. He's gonna grow. I don't think that that means he can't play right away. Even if he does stay at two hundred, and I bet he's two ten by the time the season starts. Six feet tall, prototype. I. I really do think that he is going to be the guy going forward. That doesn't mean he's taking every snap. That doesn't mean that he's coming out only when he's tired. I bet that he gets... What are the carries? Who is the odd man out? Do they really rotate three? If I were to guess right now, I say Ashad Clayton gets 50% of the carries for Colorado next year. The other 50%, tough to project. It, it could be something like 40% Fontenot. 30%, 35% Fontenot, the rest going to Mangum. If Mangum does kind of build on his performance, um, build his body up a little bit, continue to improve the vision, and, you know, grows kind of mentally as well as physically is what I'm trying to say because there is more room to grow. He's he's a young guy than then he could get the bulk just because he is more of a counter to what Ashad Clayton is. Ashad Clayton, fast. Sure, he can be violent, but he he's more similar to Alex Fontenot than he is to Mangum. And I think that while Alex Fontenot right now is the better running back between him and Jaron Mangum, and I don't even think it's a debate, I think that Jaron Mangum just being not the same type of runner does give him a bit of an edge. Um, he he has that little bit of head start in the competition for the number two role. Again, it's a ways out. We'll see what happens. There's a real chance that Ashad does become kind of that third back, that he isn't immediately the guy. Uh, that'd be disappointing, though. That'd be disappointing if uh, that isn't what happens immediately. And that's what's so exciting about this recruiting class. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that that pretty much sums up that conversation. Those are my expectations for Ashad Clayton year one. Uh, should also say that he was not the first recruit that we, that signed today. Uh, there were, I, I guess there was only one other. And he didn't sign. He didn't sign. He committed. Uh, important thing to note but earlier today and this is the third segment was supposed to be all recruiting stuff uh we got into that a little bit early because of a shot but i wanted to talk about torn Pittman as well um 
he's he's a good athlete, of course. Uh, he wouldn't be coming to Boulder if he wasn't. Uh, but he was the the first of the post uh, Stanford game commits. Uh, six foot three, 190 pounds. He's a three star. Um, they, they call him an outside linebacker. He's the 63rd ranked outside linebacker comes from the colony. The, oh no, he comes from Lone Star. It's a different, nope. Colony was, a uh, Jason Harris, right? No, he wasn't. I, somebody comes from the colony, which is where Keith Miller is also from. Doesn't matter. What matters is, uh, that he's probably the next guy to play star. He isn't quite big enough yet. He's going to need to pack on some weight, but eventually that's kind of the path. Um, oh boy, this is fun. This is so much fun. There's more to come. Uh, thank goodness too, because it's a bye week. It's a bye week and we're going to have a bunch of content, whether it's talking these recruits, whether it's talking about this buff soccer team, whether it's talking about the Buffs basketball team, uh, what a terrible week! I wish I had. I would have missed a football game instead of missing all this that's going on. <sighs> yeah, um, great stuff, great stuff. I'm excited to get onto Twitter right now and just see. I need somebody to share in this excitement. It was good to get it out of me, and hopefully, I'm pumping some of it into you because you guys are probably already excited. You guys are probably all over Twitter right now. Um, time to jump on Twitter. Thanks for riding with me. Uh, leave questions, comments in the post for today's show at thednvr.com. Uh, only, only members can do that. So buy a membership, use the code Hank. I haven't plugged that in too long. Use the code Hank and I get points. I get closer to a year's worth of free beer. Um, I'm not going to win that, but we could make it respectable and I'd really appreciate it. I could just be more respectable. Um, yeah, definitely. I want to hear your thoughts. Take some of this Twitter energy, bring it into the comment section. This is so exciting. What's the post at? 152 retweets in 27 minutes since he announced it. As somebody whose job is being on Twitter, boy, am I jealous. Okay, uh, I'm going to get out of here. I have a ter- I'm have terrible at ending these podcasts. It's probably my worst skill as a podcaster. Um so let's just do it. Uh, I will talk to you guys tomorrow with AJ and Andre uh, on the draft pod. I might have to drop another buffs pod tomorrow too. I, I'm going to be so busy this week. I'm not sure how many, whether I can do extra podcasts. I might have to. This is so exciting. Um, let's go. Let's go. Mel Tucker making buffs football fun, even when they lose. And they didn't lose this week either. So let's let's just beat Washington. Let's beat Utah. I need to go. I am leaving. Goodbye. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And
is where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Cause you know we finna hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Hit ya. Hey, hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. 